Here we go again. Welcome to the Sloppy Book Club Podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Celise. And we're now on episode eight. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy, right? It's super crazy. And of course, something always has to happen to us to make it crazier. Always, I know. So we're actually, we do sound a little bit off this time around. Um, I am at my house, Elise is at hers. We're just taking some precautions due to COVID. Um, So we apologize for the sound, but this won't be for long. It's just this episode. Um, So yeah, that's that. So, so what do we have planned? So today, um, Jenny's going to be reviewing kind of like a cocktail that her and her husband created, and I will be tasting the last of the de-alcoholized wines that are in our area. I've been to like mm-hmm. two liquor stores, and this is like the last one I can find that's not Frey, so um, I'll be doing that. Then we're going to be talking a little bit about... Um, book to movie adaptations whether it's uh, a movie or a series we just want to talk briefly about it because we're actually going to be reviewing two books that are being made into into a movie one is actually coming out in theaters and one is going to be released through netflix um sometime this month actually so we wanted to do a brief little like the pros and cons of this kind of thing books that we liked that were really good as a movie version or a series and just talk briefly about it before we go in depth into those stories that we're going to review. Yeah. Do you want to do your wine first? Yeah. Um, so off camera, I had like opened it or before we, <laughs> we started, I had opened it and I smelled it and I shouldn't have done that because I didn't nope, make a face. Bad idea. Um, but yeah, so it's Giesen. Right? Geeson, yeah. Yes. Geeson. Geeson. Now, excuse me, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Not only has Jetty been laughing, but my husband as well, because I'm so bad at pronouncing things. But I believe it's a Sauvignon Blanc. You get it right. I did? Yes. Okay. Um, and it's actually a New Zealand brand of wine. So it's uh, actually from New Zealand. And I'm going to just pour it into my glass and then try it. I really hope it's good for you. You had a really sour looking Yeah, it didn't, it didn't smell, smell great. It did not smell great. So I'm hoping the smell isn't as bad as the taste. But let's see. Oh, let's hope not. All right, good luck. It's not what bad, is- but... Okay, good. It's almost sour. Oh, that's weird. Like, it had, like, a little tingle on my tongue. A sour wine. That sounds absolutely disgusting to me. I don't know. That was weird. Huh. Like, it almost, like, you know how, like, when you eat something sour, like, you kind of, like, squinch up your face, kind of, or, like, your your mouth kind of tingles? That's what I'm getting from it. Well, I wish I was there to taste it. So, not my favorite, but not, like, terrible. Like, it obviously tastes a little bit better than it smells, definitely. Good. (laughs) All right, tell us about your cocktail. Yeah, so what I have today is I've actually tasted it already because I've actually been drinking it for a couple years now. My husband um, made me this summery drink that I fell in love with. 
Um, but today he made it a little different. Today it's uh, like a strawberry lemonade juice with vodka and lemon wedges. And he pours lemon into it, of course. And typically it has mint. Um, but I actually really like it. But I do like the watermelon one better. No. It usually has watermelon juice. Instead mint, of lemons. Instead of the strawberry? Yeah, because okay. this one, it really just tastes like strawberry lemonade. Mm-hmm. And I like watermelon juice better. But Okay. Yeah, it's really good. I like it. But it's that's a problem. If it only tastes like strawberry lemonade, then you forget there's even alcohol in it. So then, like, that's the that's- type of drink that, like, you drink, like, Two of them, and then you get up, and you're like, whoa, what's happening here? (laughs) That's why I like it. (laughs) It's one of those problem kind of drinks, but I love cocktails like that. I like when it tastes like like juice instead of it being like, oh, my God, it has so much liquor in it. You can taste it kind of thing, but then that's also a problem. (laughs) I know. I used to drink a lot of, like, cranberry juice with my vodka, but Mm -hmm. it... It always just leaves a, a taste in your mouth if you have a couple of drinks. So that's right. why I like the watermelon and the strawberry juices because it just tastes like you're drinking a refreshing juice. You see, I'm not a huge watermelon fan. Like I, well, I hate watermelon. I hate, hate, hate watermelon. But the watermelon juice is really good. Okay. You know what? I think he did make that last summer. I think I've had it before. He, he must have because I've been drinking it for like two years. I wouldn't doubt it. I think I have had it last year. Yeah, probably. Probably. I I wouldn't doubt it. But yeah, so let's get into book to movies, book to series, what we like, what we don't like. Do you want to start us off? What are Um, some of your movies? Sure, so like, um, so there's a lot out there right now. I know um, last year we both went and saw Dune. Yes. At one point, Mm -hmm. right? And we both loved that movie. I read the, I don't know if you read the book. I haven't read the book, no. So I read the first one, and mm-hmm. I thought it was, like, word for word exactly how it was. And okay. I loved every moment of it. Mm-hmm. The only sucky part is that the movie was only, like, the first half of the first book. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a ton of movies, hopefully. I hope not even so, too. I kind of like that, that they're breaking it up, because I saw, like, the original Dune movie, and when I took... So, obviously, it's it's funny because of technology back then. It, it wasn't as advanced. So, like, they were, like, little block kind of things. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. And, and, like, the bad guy, I forget who he is, like, that sloppy, like, mm-hmm. guy or whatever, emperor. He was even more grotesque in the old one than he is in the newer one. And it just freaked me out. Especially because, like, Sting was in it. The singer was, like, one of the bad oh, characters. That, yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, that's yes. weird. I never watched the original one, so. No, the, you have to. The original one is pretty funny. But like I said, I've never read the books. But I like that they're kind of, like, chopping it in half. Because even with the, with the original, it felt rushed. Like, it was a lot of information, a lot going on. That you couldn't really get into the characters or what was happening. So I like that they're breaking it up. And just like the cinematography and like the amount of money they put into this first part of the first book was so amazing. Like, yeah, they put a lot of work into it. I have 
like no chill and I just want it all like I I like need it all like yeah. at that moment I mm-hmm. it left me just hanging and I wanted more of it not that it was mm-hmm. a bad movie because obviously I was obsessed mm-hmm. with it but I wanted more no the action yeah everything everything I thought was really good like the action of everything I was just like wow this is mm-hmm. really they really took their time and you know really put all their money to good use because I thought it was incredible and it it won a ton of yeah. awards because of it too just like the right the film itself even the how they were dressed and stuff was really cool like just everything that the the thought of everything. They put a lot of thought into it. And it was it was just really yeah. good. There so, was nothing wrong with it. No. Um, I actually was thinking of... So, the other day was my birthday. And my family was over. And we were... For some reason, we were talking about movies. And I think it was like alien movies. Like, what's your favorite alien movie or something. And Angel was like, oh, what was that movie you made me watch? It was so stupid, and you said it was a book or something. And I'm like, oh, The Host. And this is a Stephanie Myers book, the author of Twilight. And he was like, that movie was so stupid. Like, these aliens talking in your head or whatever. And it was just, like, really weird. And he just didn't like it. And I'm like, but the book is so much better. So that's one one of those book-to-movies that I wish... They would have um, taken their time with because the dialogue between um, the characters are so much better in the book. And Uh it's, it's just, how do you, so, you know, the host is about how these parasites basically come or aliens come to Earth and take over our bodies. Like they're implanted into our spine so like the our basic essence or like if you believe in souls is taken up by these aliens and you're no longer you you're the alien now kind of thing you know essentially a host so um in this particular case you know wanda who's the alien has been the you know been to all these planets and now she's fighting her host body who doesn't want to give up essentially her body. She's like, no, I'm not going to, like, I have a brother. There's someone out there that I love. And there's so much banter and hate between them. And it's like, how do you put that into a film? How do you express those emotions or show those emotions without it being weird? Like, she's talking to herself, essentially. So it's a lot okay, of inner, it's a lot of inner turmoil a lot of inner dialogue so that's really hard to process within a movie but the book is so much better so that's one of those book to movies where the movie was okay not great but the book is to me is so much better and the way she ended the book I was thinking like it could have been a series and it wasn't so that's one of the books by her that I I really enjoyed and it's totally, you know, different from her Twilight, you know, series. But it was a good yeah. change. It was really, really good. And it, that's just one that just didn't hit the mark and made me sad because I really loved the book so much. <laughs> yeah, that really sucks. Mm-hmm. The one that I um, just saw, well, I rewatched because I read I Am Legend. Okay. I don't know if you saw the movie. Yes. With Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read the book. The book was good. The movie, 
I watched first. I watched it years ago when it came out. When I read the book, I was like, well, this is different. It was like the premise of the actual book was mm-hmm. the same as the movie. But then when I rewatched the movie, I was like, okay, they're very different. Like, there's nothing really the same the way. Um, so we know that the main character, he basically is like the last man on earth. Right. And there are these like <clears throat> beings who there's a plague that kind of destroyed the earth. Mm-hmm. And it's post-apocalyptic, so it's a dystopian movie slash book. And they their symptoms are like vampiric, so... You know, they want to suck blood, so they're basically vampires. In the movie, they don't really say that they're vampires. No, it was more like, it felt more like zombies, if anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, the book, they're vampires. They're called vampires. Oh, no. No, I I definitely thought they were zombies. (laughs) Yeah, I rewatched it, and I was like, okay, so they don't mention anything at all. In the book, they're actually known as vampires, and there's so many, like, differences on them, but... But that kind of makes sense because they were scared to go into the daylight and they only came out at night. Yeah, so in the book, it actually mentions, okay, they're vampires, but they're not really vampires. Mm -hmm. They're sick, they're infected, but they have vampire symptoms. So that's why they're calling them vampires. Mm. Um, So I... This is one that it's like 50-50 because I really enjoyed watching the movie. Yeah, the movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then when I I read the book, I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Rewatch the movie, and then I'm still like fifty fifty because most of the book I liked. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of info dumping, right. so some parts I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And then the after watching the movie again, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like it. There's alternate endings, and both the endings in the movie aren't even the same as the book. Okay, at all. So, totally I don't different. know. That's one that I was, like, 50-50. I don't know mm-hmm. if I like the movie better than the mm-hmm. book or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was all right. So, that's so interesting because I always thought they were zombies, but I never put the correlation of, like, them not coming out in the daytime and being like, oh, that's something vampires yeah. would do kind of thing. Maybe because yeah. they didn't look, they didn't have, like, sharp teeth or anything, like, Usual, so they like, did, but they weren't like fangs, like the typical fangs that you would see on right. a vampire. Oh my god, now that just blew my mind because I never yeah. put that connection. I just always assumed they were like zombies, and now I feel kind of dumb because I love like vampire movies and I just never put two and two <laughs> together. That's funny. I know. And so, and like in the book, so like I said, they don't, they're not real vampires, they're just like. This is like the regular contemporary world. So they're just like, they have symptoms. But what I hated about the book was that at the end, we learned that there are some vampires that are actually like full-blown vampires. They Mm -hmm. have no humanity left in them. Mm -hmm. But then there's some people who have a little bit of both Mm -hmm. and talk to you and Mm -hmm. can live regular lives. Because in the end, there's like a woman that shows up, kind of like the movie, Mm -hmm. um, but then we find, like, there's this whole group of people that were watching this guy, the main character, for a long time. Wow. Yeah. And they were very upset because he was experimenting and killing all these vampires. But he was doing it because he's trying to find one, a cure, cure for yeah. protecting himself. Mm-hmm. And they're watching him. They're like, well, 
he's killing like our family. Right. They're they're not gonna do anything to us because we're mm-hmm. vampires too. So that kind of like changed it a little bit wow. for me. I didn't really like yeah, that's that. Not, that's totally but. different. Did he have a dog in the in the book too? No. For like a week. <laughs> he, he like made this dog fall in love with him and then he had him for like a week and it died oh my god that was that was like you know his companion and like the whole movie i was just like and then at well, the end you know me and dogs i can't yeah no but, he was alone the whole time that's that's super interesting because it's, yeah. it's totally different then i'm gonna have to read it yeah. then it's only that like blew my mind. pages or something it was super short mm-hmm. i read it in a few hours um another book that I really enjoyed that was a series a movie was um Hunger Games um it is different there are parts that are different um in the in the book that they didn't put in the movie like I'm pretty sure you read it right Hunger Games no I I watched the movies I've never read the books you never read the books either no really yeah, no. The books are really good. Um, you know how in I think it's book I don't remember. I think it's book yeah, it's book two where there's like almost like these dogs or whatever coming after them while they're in the arena. There's like these animals. I believe they're dogs. Vaguely. Okay. So in the <laughs> book these animals that are coming to attack them are essentially um, the old, old, um, like, char- like the characters from book one that died at the arena. Somehow yeah. they mutated them and created them as these, like, yeah. So they were really? chasing them. And the only reason why we knew it was them because of their eyes. Like she said something about like their his eyes look like so and so's eyes or something like that. And that was like the only reason. And I thought that was pretty cool. Like that whole mutation kind of thing because you know they in the in the movies that you were able to like mutate your face to make yourself look yeah. like a cat or things like that. So it made sense that they were able to like biologically turn okay. these almost dead bodies into something else. So I thought that was kind of kind of cool, and that was it in um the movie. Um, and what else? Um, that's the only thing that comes to mind. But I thought like I didn't think they would be able to show like the dresses and the costume designs like they did yeah. such a good job with that that i was so amazed by it that i'm hoping red queen the red queen series will like follow suit in that kind of aspect because you remember that dress that um katniss has where she spins around and it like goes into flames oh. yeah, so it's yeah. just like you know they were able to do that you know i really want them to like take their time with some of the characters for Red Queen and, you know, doing that because we love right. some of the, like, descriptions of their outfits. So I'm hoping they do it justice. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they will because Elizabeth Banks is doing it. Yeah. The movie. So I'm hoping she'll capture all of that. And right. I feel like she would. Especially because I she hope. did Hunger Games. So I don't see. Right. I'm right. pretty sure she'll, she has great connections. She's going to, like, think it through. And, you know 
fan bases everywhere are going to have, like, their expectations. Um, mm-hmm. which... But I think it also helps to have the author work with them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I feel like I've seen videos of them together, Victoria Aveyard and Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that she really does utilize her because yeah, cause some, her brain. So. Yeah, because sometimes, like, you know, authors give up their rights or whatever, and then it's, like, it's nothing compared to, like, the book, so I'm hoping that doesn't yeah. happen. But when you still have like your hand in it, I feel like it could be great. Obviously, there's gonna have to be some changes to make it a movie or make it a series. But I hope the es- essence of everything kind of stays the same. Yeah, Especially- I agree. I think it will. I have high hopes for it. I know. Me I hope too. I'm not disappointed. One okay. So it hasn't been made into a movie it's a, gonna be made into a series one that i'm like scared for and i think you know which one i'm talking about is oh, yeah. avatar like i am so scared like yeah, I this know. i feel like this i feel like they're gonna fuck it up i really do this i really do and what's crazy is i've been thinking about it a lot because because obviously we just finished Crescent City and spoiler, you know, there's a little like connection and I've been looking at like fan art or fan spoilers and you, I, I recently tagged you in some of them just because they were funny and I'm just like, how are, are they going to mention that or is they going to like, where in the Avatar timeline does this take place? Where yeah. does it not get mentioned at all? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is... It's not like Shadow and Bones, where you can put in, you know, the Six of Crow characters in Shadow and Bone. Sorry, spoiler alert. Seamless, seamlessly. Seamlessly, too. They did yes. it so perfect. Mm-hmm. But that's for another episode. Yes. So, we'll get so, there. <laughs> but, like, one but, I'm really, really nervous about is Akatar, because it's like... Yeah. One, people have these images of what these characters look like. It's way too high. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm telling you guys, set your expectations a little bit lower than what you think. Resand is not going to look the way you want Resand to look. Nope. No, no, he's not. Because everyone's Resand looks different. No matter how many descriptions of this man you have, he's not going to be your expectation. Asriel, my, my husband... He's not gonna look the way I want him to look. Like we had this conversation where Azriel has short hair, but sometimes I always envision him with long hair. And you're like, no, that's Cassie. And I'm like, but for some reason, I always envision Azriel like, you know, that dark, brooding, quiet, but he has long hair. Because I feel like, wouldn't that make sense when you're like a shadow, like you, you know, your hair kind of hides your face, kind of thing. So I don't know. Yeah, like emo kind of thing. So I don't know for some reason. So I already know that's not what he's gonna look like. No. So you're already like you're disappointed because that's not gonna happen. No, I know it. But I don't know why I feel that way. Like I feel like Cassian has the short hair and Azriel has the long hair, and it's the complete opposite. I don't know why I did that to myself. I don't know where I got confused in like the descriptions. Yeah. But, um, I so, feel like 
Cassian is probably going to be the easiest one for them to get, and then yeah. they're not going to fuck up. I think that whoever they pick for Cassian mm-hmm. is going to be perfect for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think. And then, like, Nesta and Elaine, like... It's just going to be hard. Feyre even. But I feel like a lot of people are going to bash it because of Resand. And yeah, because so many, so many people love him, you know? So I don't know. But that's one I'm like super, super concerned about. <laughs> We're all sensitive about it. I yeah. remember you meant when they first announced it, you mentioned it should have been like an animated series yes. rather than a live action because that would have been a lot easier for them and to do. And, like, I know people want, like, live action and you you love it. But I feel like you can do so much with animation. Like, if you look at some yeah. of the Netflix animation shows that have been happening. Like, there was one recently um, where it was, like, uh, mythology-based. Uh, Angel will remember the name of it. But it was so good. And, like... Even kind of like grotesque and like how they were like killing people. So I'm just thinking of war scenes and stuff. And like with them having powers and flying and things like that. You know, CGI can be great, but then it could also be a hindrance in certain shows. Like if you don't have the proper funding to like really put it all in there, like it's not going to look right. So... Just think of, you know, you know, Game of Thrones. They had the dragons and that was great. But imagine a whole fleet of the Illyrians fighting know, with right? wings, you know, like. That got me excited. <laughs> so, like, I'm just, like, putting that in, onto the screen as amazing as that could be. What what if they don't got it? <laughs> I know. You can't so come. Hopefully, I. I don't have high hopes, so mm-hmm. I'm hoping mm-hmm. that if they fuck it up, at least I won't be mad about right. it eventually. I'm hoping they'll just have it. me eat my words. Either way, I'm going to watch it. And either way, yeah. I'm going to be a devoted fan. But at the same time, I'm I'm, I'm hoping. I have hope. Yeah. I have hope. I just don't have high expectations. And I think that's what people need to understand. Like, set the bar a little bit low. Just be happy it's coming to the screen mm-hmm. and you get to see it. But don't think it's going to be whatever you envision in your mind. And I think that's for any right. book to movie or book to series. Like, we have so many, you know, expectations that sometimes you just go with the flow. Just see what happens. You may fall in love with these characters, you know. I know when Hunger Games first came out, everyone was upset over, um, oh my god. What is her name? Who played Katniss? Uh, oh, Jennifer. Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah, people were upset about her look, you know. Oh, really? Yeah, people were upset with yeah. her being Katniss. Like, oh, that's not what Katniss looks like. And then, I think I was even one of those people. Or like, um, Twilight, when it first came out. That's not what Edward looks like, you know? You're just not going to have all those expectations. So, just... Just slow down. Just trust the process. <laughs> yeah, we shall see. Yeah, we, we definitely will. But I can't wait for us to really talk about Shadow and Bones. I know. I'm excited for that episode when I'm yeah. going to do it. Yes, we're definitely going to do that episode. And I think it, it's being brought up more because we had just finished reading the series like a year ago around this time. And then yeah. the show came out 
you know, around April. So we'll see. All right. Do you want to jump into some of these book reviews? Yes, let's do that. Okay, so I'm going to go first because I don't want to give too much away because this is actually um, a book that's going to be made into a show, uh, a movie, I mean, on Netflix, and it's actually coming out sometime this month. I think I read April 22nd. I'm not completely sure, but the book is called Along for the Ride, and it's another Sarah um, Dessen um, YA book, young adult book. Um, I know, I believe two episodes ago, I did Just Listen by her. And it was one of the books that um, I haven't read. And I think it was like the heroine book challenge that I did. Um, And then for this one, because I knew it was being made into a movie, I wanted to reread it because I did read it, you know, years ago. So I wanted to reread it now that it was being made into a movie. And I saw the trailer. And from the trailer... Again, you see, this is this is what I mean about expectations and setting the bar high. I'm. It looks kind of cheesy from the trailer, but the you know reading the book again, the book isn't cheesy, but I can see. I don't know. I don't want to say too much because I'm I'm gonna see the I'm gonna see the movie um, because I did enjoy the book. So basically. Netflix picked it up. It's being made into a movie. It, again, it's called Along for the Ride by Sarah Dessen. And it's about Auden West. Um, she's like a really high scholar. Um, her mom is a prominent like professor for a college. Her dad wrote a novel years ago and he's trying to write like another one. Um, so, like, she comes from a really big, like, English and literally, liter, lit, literary <laughs> background from her parents. Um, and she develops basically, like, insomnia because her parents, they would fight at night. And she found out one day because she heard them. So, she thought, maybe if I stay up and show them, like, I'm awake, they wouldn't you know, fight anymore, and slowly and surely, like, they didn't care whether she was around or not, they would still bicker and argue, so now she developed this habit where she couldn't fall asleep, so she would just spend her nights, um, leaving the house and going to, like, a 24-hour diner and just chilling in there and studying because she was, you know, really big and you know, in her academics because her parents, that was the expectation. Um, Which I kind of, I felt really bad for her because her parents kind of raised her like she's the the child that you see but don't hear. So she was able to like go to ballets and go to the theater and all these things because she was so proper because she knew that was the expectation of her parents. Whereas her brother was like the outgoing, crazy kid. They would always say how he was so colicky. So like basically like her older brother burnt them out so that with her, she didn't get that childhood that, you know, her brother got. Like she didn't go to slumber parties. She didn't have, you know, um, the experiences of, you know, riding a bike or doing those kinds of things. 
So even in high school, she was always in the books because she knew her parents wanted her to go to college and do well, you know, be valedictorian. So she didn't have all these experiences. And she just graduated um, high school. And this is the summer before she goes to college. And her brother has been away in Europe. And he sends her this, um, this gift this graduation gift where it's um it's like a tacky kind of like frame but in it it says something about um the good times or something and she just realizes like she has no good moments she doesn't have any memories Aww. to put into that frame so she decides to spend the summer with her dad who remarried sorry i missed that part her her parents divorced when she's, I think, 16. Um, so she decides she's going to spend the summer with her dad who remarried. And she has a new baby sister through this marriage. So she's like, oh, let me just spend the summer, you know, um, by the beach. Because they, you know, live in a beach house. It's um, uh, a seaside town in Colby. Um, I feel like that's like North Carolina or something like that. Um, and she's going to spend the summer there and obviously be in this story, she's going to change, you know, it's that coming of age kind of story, but a late coming of age because she's already 18 going to college, but because she didn't experience, you know, this whole life, this is where the book kind of centers around. So the focus yeah. is, you know, of her, um, getting these moments and, the first most dramatic moment for any, well, maybe not for any teenager, but um, what happens is she's she's walking around Kobe and there's this guy from the bike shop who kind of hits on her and he's like, hey, um, we're going to be at, I think it's called the tip or something like that. And it's like somewhere... Um, and the beach where they do bonfires, like all the teenagers, you know, you know, you drink beer, you hang out with your friends kind of thing. And he invites her. And at first she's not going to go, but, you know, her insomnia kicks in and she's like, you know, this is her first time in Kobe. What else she, she's going to do? There aren't 24 hour diners that she's usually going to. So she decides to go and she meets up with this guy and um, she has like her first beer and of course he's hitting on her and um she almost basically has like a, almost has like a one night stand kind of thing but she stops it and just like runs away and he's like oh you're such a tease or whatever um so that's her first like you know experience of like real life experience real life yeah. experience because she's only been in the books like she doesn't have real friends mm -hmm. um who are outside of school, you know? It's always been, she's gone to a conference with a group of people from school because it's school related, but she doesn't really hang out with people. So that was her first big experience. And it's really funny, but kind of sad because she's like, oh my God. The crazy part is her stepmom owns this clothing store and she asked, you know, um, Auden for help with a you know keeping her books like accounting mm -hmm. because she's having trouble she just had a baby you know she just can't juggle having a newborn being a new you know having a newborn 
her being a parent for the first time and then running her business. So what happens is like her checks bounce and like the teenage girls that she's um she employs like she has to pay them at an ATM because the checks bounce so she's like embarrassed and so Auden takes it upon herself to kind of help her and she was like yeah I'll work for you or whatever so she she goes into the store it's called Clementine's I believe and it's like a clothing store um touristy kind of store where you could buy you know bathing suits and flip-flops and lip glosses and it's really really girly totally not what Auden is you know used to especially because her mom is so prestigious and her mom is the type who's like um women are more than sugar and spice and everything nice like you know you could be an you know, an academic and, like, you know, smart and her mom wears black and, like, you know, so she's not used to, like, that girly, girly scene, so she feels really yeah. awkward. So she goes into the store and <laughs> one of the employees is talking about how her ex was seen with some tourist chick. Oh, no. At the bonfire. <laughs> and she's, like... And she was like, well, what does she look like? Is she better looking than me? And her two friends who also work there are like, oh, she's super skinny. And she has like, um, her skin isn't that great. So Auden is listening to all of this. And she's like, Aww. she's all like, you know, okay, so what? My skin isn't that perfect or whatever. So again, it's another experience of, her messing with someone's, you know, ex-boyfriend kind of thing yeah. without knowing. Um, so that was off. So then they're describing her and Maggie goes to her. Oh, so it's her? Because she's describing her. <laughs> oh my god, that's embarrassing. Yeah, so Maggie Maggie knew right away that she was talking about her. Oh. And um um, before, oh, sorry. So she had came in. She was like, oh, I'm Heidi. Um, Heidi's my stepmom. You know, I'm here to do the books or whatever. So she, like, you know, shows her around. And then her friends come, come over and they tell her. They're like, hey, we don't want you to find out through someone else. But this is what happened. And then that's when they start describing her and stuff. But imagine the embarrassment. The poor thing just wants to have experiences. Right. <laughs> Fuck it up all the way around. So that's terrible. So what ends up happening is that Maggie becomes like really understanding. She's like, "Hey, you didn't know," and they kind of all become friends, kind of thing. And this is where she meets Eli, who is another insomniac that she had seen previously through her walks through Kobe or whatever. Him riding his bike and stuff, but they've never had like a formal interaction. And she learns that um, he was like a pro biker. Um, you know, he was really high and you know in BMX scene or whatever. But he was in in an accident with his best friend, and his best um his best friend died. So he stopped you know riding his bike, and he developed insomnia because of it. Like he would do all his like errands and things at night and then they kind of bonded through that so through bonding 
he was, you know, she she told him, like, you know, I didn't have the standard childhood. I didn't have all these experiences. And so he's like, okay, so we're going to make a quest out of it. So basically he tries to do a bunch of things that you would usually do, like, in your teenage years. Like, have a food fight or play kickball with your friends or learn to ride a bike. That's where Along for the Ride comes in, like, you know. Um, but um, Maggie winds up teaching her um, how to ride a bike. But all those things, like, just living life and having these experiences and obviously they connect. He opens up a, a, a lot more because for the past year, he hasn't been really hanging out with his friends. Um, they were saying, like, he doesn't smile or laugh. Like, they're always like, when's the last time you seen Eli come to an event or had a laugh and because of Alden like he's coming out of his shell again and so he starts um riding his bike and competing again and they're like did anybody like he went from like not riding his bike to competing again when did this happen kind of thing um but of course something has to happen where (laughs) the climax where you know there's you, they get together, they're kissing, and then something happens. So what happens is that her mom kind of makes her feel like she's changing too much and she's not her usual self. So, like, she's kind of, like, bickering back and forth with her mom, which isn't the norm. Like, usually whatever her mom says, she kind of goes with. So her mom is like, oh, so now you're you're this girly girl with a boyfriend and, like, all these things. So, um... She kind of, like, backs off her friendship with Eli because of it. And he's just, like, hanging there. Like, he didn't really do anything. And she feels like he's changing her too much. And she needs to get back on track with, like, getting ready for college. Um, Heidi is in charge of throwing this big end-of-the-year bash. And it's, like, prom-related. And the funny thing is, Auden's never been to prom. She was actually stood up for prom by this guy who was also really into, like, school and stuff. And he was like, oh, this, I got accepted into this really prestigious, like, what was it? Like a science program or something. So I'm not going to prom. And he was like, I know you understand. But really, she was excited about prom. So Heidi is throwing this like prom themed batch summer bash, and here comes this guy again. Um, they meet up Jason, the guy who stood her up for prom. He happens to be in Colby for a conference, and he was like, "Oh, I'll take you to this thing since I ditched you at prom." And she's like, "Okay." Doesn't he ditch her again? <laughs> He ditches her again. And oh I, my god. She deserves it. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she deserves it. <laughs> she ditches she di- he ditches her again and then um she winds up running into Eli and kind of like trying to apologize for how she's been. And then they wound up going to the bash together and obviously after that happily ever after. But it's a cute book. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's about how she deals with her, you know, parents' divorce because she kind of, like, blamed herself for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about, you know, making friends 
you know, because she's never had that before, you know, kind of like that first love, you know, that first love, first heartbreak, um, romance, and then obviously loss and like um, a tragic past on Eli's side, like getting through, you know, his best friend passing away and stuff. So I, I feel like it was a really, really cute book. I really enjoyed it. It was an easy read. I'm eager to see how it translates into a movie because it kind of does look kind of like quirky and corny a little bit, but we'll see what happens. All right, so let's get into our final book that we're talking about. Yes. Um, that is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia. Delia? Delia? Delia. Is that yeah. how you say Delia Owens? Um, it's a literary fiction. Um, I, would, I think it's a new adult book. Maybe. Yeah. I thought maybe young adult mm-hmm. book, but then some things that happen afterwards, maybe it's a new adult. Yeah, right? probably, yeah. Um, so basically it's a coming-of-age story, kind of like an emotional journey of the main character, Kaya. Um, basically throughout the whole book, she's growing up and she's going through this learning curve and journey on her own. And people that she meets along the way and then as an adult she's being tried for murder Mm -hmm. of chase andrews who's like the all-star of the town Mm -hmm. that's like a little blurb of it Mm -hmm. so yeah basically six-year-old kaya that's how it starts off she's Mm -hmm. got a couple siblings they live in the marsh down south and her mom leaves one day yep with no warning yep her mom just packs up her stuff in her fake alligator boots and leaves (laughs) (laughs) yeah she like so this poor little girl is like watching her mom leave she doesn't say anything to her and basically the first part of the book is just her waiting for her mom yeah she's like tending to her garden she's watching every single day waiting for her to come back and she never does Mm -hmm. um so basically, the first half of the book is her struggling to grow up as this little girl with siblings who start to slowly leave her, yeah. as well as her mom, mm-hmm. and an abusive dad, yeah. right? So she is left eventually with just her brother Jody, who's like the second youngest yeah. above her, and her dad was abusive, like I said, and... He eventually leaves her too. Mm-hmm. I, when I tell you, I almost stopped reading it because I didn't want to get sad. I thought something terrible was gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad for this little girl. Yeah, even she, like I think she was like seven or eight. Yeah, by the time she Jody was just, left. It was just like she was just getting abandoned left and right. Yeah, you know, first it was her, so sad. First with her mom, then with her young, her older siblings. That to the point where she didn't even know like their real names. Right. And then or she, what they looked like or, anymore. Yeah, she like, was starting to forget what they looked like. The only one she would, she could remember was Jody because you know he was kind of like her caretaker. As people started to leave, and they had like this super like drunk of a father who wasn't really a father. Like he was barely there, and when he was, he was just like abusive, basically. You know. And he right. was probably the sole reason why all of them were leaving. Like, they just couldn't handle his... He was. You know, he was just so toxic that they were just like, I can't even 
stay here a day longer even to protect this little my little sister you know that's that's what broke me like they just couldn't stick around for her and that really sucked because they really showed like how much jody actually cared for her how they really loved each other and he still couldn't stay Mm -hmm. to like protect her and be with her um so he just left but at least he said goodbye but he says goodbye to her he's the, yeah, he's, he's, like he's the, the only one. I he's think. the only one who actually was just like, like, I'm sorry, but I can't do this. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I think he was still kind of young too, like maybe in his late teens. And that's a yeah. Huge... I think it, it said that he was only a few years older than she was, maybe three or four years older, because yeah. he was the same and just Tate. So imagine, you know, a 13, 14 year old having to take care of their younger sibling like that that that's not like a responsibility they should have anyway. Right. So like right. I couldn't even fault him for trying to find his own peace, but it just it just it just sucked that you know, she was left behind. Cuz she really was. Right. She was she had to fend for herself. Which is really sad when you think about it because, you know, she was so young and having to fend for yourself at such a young age. Like, no child should have to do that. Right. And then, like, her dad wasn't even around ever. He was always abusive. And like you said, they were all probably leaving because of that. And still it continued. So imagine this six to, like, what, nine-year-old little girl Mm -hmm. trying to fend for herself with very little to no money because mm-hmm. he was always gone yeah you know she, so she's living in his house in the marsh by herself mm-hmm. without a family and like and when we say like fend for yourself we mean like making her own food taking care of herself mm-hmm. like literally going to the store going like everything you know hunting for you know fishing and um I think gathering muscles for yeah. for basic necessities because she would trade it in for things. Like, you know, she would smoke fish in the hopes of, you know, being able to sell it for 10 cents so she could buy a bag of grits. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is crazy right. that such a young... And she was like seven. <laughs> yeah. And we should probably mention that, like, it was just her family there like mm-hmm. in the marsh mm-hmm. everyone else was in town mm-hmm. and no one really liked them they no were like poor. they, they were, were poor the yep made fun of treated yeah. poorly um so she had no one to go mm-hmm. to no and, one and you know she was always she didn't like going to school so even when like basically like the school people tried to come get her to even take her to school she would hide from them so now right. she's not even getting an education on top of not even having anyone. So, you know, she's get she's going to grow up, you know, illiterate. She can't read or, you know, write and doesn't know basic math. But she's selling fish and mussels and, like, you know, it was just so sad. Yeah. And then that, that brings us to, like, the side story because this was multiple point of views. Yep. It was mm-hmm. kind of going... In the future and then to the past, the past or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other side story that's happening alongside this is that there's this guy named Chase Andrews who's like this all-star kid of the town was found dead mm-hmm. 
by this tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was so years later. This is like as they're in a, yeah. an adult, his body um, shows up. Yeah, or so it's like the, kind of like the sheriff's point of view, I yes. would say. Yes. And mm-hmm. his investigation to figure out if this was really a murder or an accident to chase mm-hmm. pictures. Yeah. Because what happens um, so is... Then, oh, sorry. I was going to say no, where they found his, found his body. So basically two teenage boys were going to, I think it was called like a watchtower where mm-hmm. like this was like the hangout yeah. spot, but everyone knew it was kind of dangerous because you had to like come, you know, climb up the ladder, then open the hatch to go, you know, up to the tower. So they were going and they were riding their bikes there and um, that's how they they found him you know, lying on the ground and they knew exactly who he was right away. So, you know, essentially at first people are thinking, you know, maybe, you know, he fell from the tower, but then they're like, no, we don't think that happened. So, yeah, that's how like, and then that brings us back to like normal time where we're learning about Kaya and she's growing up and then it brings us to Tate I loved him and then I hated him and then I loved him yeah, again. I know. <laughs> he is that character, yes. yes. Um, so he used to be friends with Jody. Um, they used to kind of hang out or whatever every now and then. But Kaya sort of ran into him somewhere mm-hmm. on a boat. I can't remember, mm-hmm. something like that. And she started to like develop this little crush. He started showing up and there was like this moment in the book where he was like leaving her feathers because Kaya's into like the insects and the marsh and Mm -hmm. the birds and all that stuff. So she's like learning about all of these things because there's nothing else to do. She Mm -hmm. doesn't have an education. Yes. So there's really nothing for her. And she knew how to like draw really well. Like she didn't know how to like write or read or anything like that, but she was really Mm -hmm. artistic. So she would, she would like, she was very intuitive to her surroundings, too. Like, yeah. she knew the different sounds of the marsh, the different bugs. She knew, like, the different blades of grass and birds. And, like, she was really... Like, the marsh was really her home. And it was something that she can like... She could rely on because she mm-hmm. knew so much about it. Like, I didn't even know blades of grass had flowers on it. And, app- and apparently they do, according yeah. to Kaya. I don't know how accurate <laughs> this book is, but according to her, you know, grass had little flowers on it before it becomes grass or something like that. So, like, she was super smart, but just not yeah. in that standard, like, academic way where she can, you know write thesis a thesis on something like just because right. she didn't have that education yet and here comes tate i'll let you take here over tate yes so they he started leaving like little clues for her just little feathers on this area in a field that she didn't have so every day she would go there and she would look forward to finding these little clues mm-hmm. and eventually they meet up um they start to just hang out all the time mm-hmm. He teaches her to read, mm-hmm. which I loved. That was so freaking cute. He basically teaches her or 
grows with her, I guess, because mm-hmm. they were almost the same age. They were, like, three or four years apart. Mm-hmm. And even, like, when she got her first period, mm-hmm. he, was, he there, was there. And he told her about mm-hmm. it. Like, seriously. Mm-hmm. That was so cute. I fell in love with him right yeah. then and there. Um, I love that he... But then he I, I love that he he loved the marsh just as much as as she nice. did because he was like really into what is it like is it biology what do you call that I think like so. I think that's what it was like he's he was into that kind of thing so he would go to the marsh to like take water samples and like get you know samples of different um like plants or find those like feathers of birds that came that you know Kaya knew didn't know the names of them but she knew like if it was a boy or a girl or things like that just because she she was so observant to her surroundings but she never knew how to put it to words and Tate gave her those words you know she was able to um, learn, you know, their proper names and terminology because she had this whole collection in her house of all these things through pictures, but she could never, she never knew the scientific names. So she made up her own kind of names for them sometimes. And then he gave her that knowledge and like, it just like blossomed for her, which was amazing. Yeah, like he would bring her textbooks and teach her how to read and then show her what those things actually were. Mm-hmm. So they were actually growing together because they were both learning the same thing. Yeah. But he had an education and she didn't. She didn't. Mm-hmm. So he was teaching her these things. And then um, what happened? So then he decides he needs to go to college, which was the plan anyway, mm-hmm. which is fine. But he promised to come back mm-hmm. at a certain date and he didn't. I think it was like Fourth of July. So, yeah, I think I think so too. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, he didn't show up. Yeah, so he left her. Dies, he left her. Somebody else abandoned her. Exactly. Broke my freaking heart. It broke. I was so mad. So fucking mad. I was like, seriously, what mm-hmm. are you doing, Tate? Because at first, I'm like, what happened to him? Like, did he die? Like, did something happen to him? Like the whole time, I'm thinking something happened to him. Because he made it seem like he was so in love with her. And, like, even though, like, he was going to go to college, he was still going to come back into town because, you know, his dad still, you know, lived there. So he was always going to come visit. And, like, he promised her. And, you know, she already felt nervous about him leaving because she always said, people leave me and then, you know, I'm just back by myself. And sure enough, he did that to her. I was so upset. Yep, he proved they're right. Mm-hmm. So then, after that happens, she starts to kind of venture out a little bit mm-hmm. along the beaches or whatever you would call that, past mm-hmm. the marsh. And she starts to see this guy, Chase, mm-hmm. that we spoke about earlier. Um, and he starts to give her a little bit of attention. Attention, yeah. She gives him attention. And eventually, they start hanging out. Mm-hmm. They start developing a relationship, and they end up kissing and having sex. I think he took a virginity. Yeah, he did. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. because she never had sex with Tate. Um, so, yeah, they started just hanging out, and they were together for a while, but he never really took her 
into town or no. anything like that. When she, it even was, when she was like ready. Yeah, it was like a, a secret relationship because mm-hmm. she was always called the Marsh Girl. You know, yeah. no one, no, no one knew her as Kaya. No one knew her as a person. She was like an enigma and something like, you know, like what do you call those? Like uh horror tales you you know you scare your children with because she's the marsh girl you know um so she didn't have like people didn't treat her you know nicely so imagine him bringing this marsh girl that everyone thought wasn't smart was poor you know yeah imagine him bringing her to town saying that oh this is my girlfriend no he wanted to keep it hidden Right. Mm-hmm. But he did all that, and he for sure kept it hidden. Mm-hmm. And eventually, she finds out the truth about him, mm-hmm. right? Um, What is it? She reads it in, like, a paper or something that he's getting married? Yep. Imagine so like, that! What's, cra- what's even crazier is all the promises he's been making her. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to build you a better house here on the marsh, right. and we're going to live happily ever after. You know, filling her head with rainbows and butterflies. And, of course, she's never interacted with people. So, she's this gullible, naive, you know, kind of... I think she's in her 20s at this point. Maybe 18, maybe 20. Yeah, I think she's around 18, 19, 20-ish. So, you know, she's, she, she's hearing all these great things. She's like, what could go wrong? Like, he's promising me these things. And then she's like, oh, are you going to introduce me to, like, your family and stuff? And he was just like, oh, that would be too much for you, you know, being around other people. I know you don't like that kind of scene, but one day, one day we'll do that. So then finally she goes into town and she sees the paper, like the town's paper, and there's an engagement announcement and it's him and some girl. Yeah. That's how she found out. It's crazy because, like, in the beginning when she was with Tate, he was always like, I want to bring you into town. Like, he always wanted to show Mm -hmm. her off and, like, Mm -hmm. bring her into town and show her different things. And she didn't want to. You're right. And then when she was finally ready, she was ready with this guy, Chase, who Mm -hmm. was an asshole and Mm -hmm. had no intention whatsoever on bringing her into town or showing her off to her family or whatever. Yeah. He so, kept her as like his um, little secret. Right. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of, it kind of goes back and forth and he, along this time, it goes into Tate's kind of point of view and it shows his side on where he actually did come back mm-hmm. when he said he was going to come back. But wasn't she with chased at that moment so he kind of stayed away no i think the first the first time he went back he realized he couldn't give her what she needed it was something about like he wanted to really pursue his education and there were goals that he wanted that he knew he wouldn't be able to do out in the marsh right oh because he he already knew that she told him she didn't really want to leave the marsh. Right. So, yeah, so but he different. was, you know, he loved being at the marsh, but he also loved, you know, his education and learning. And he knew she would never come into town while he went to school. Like, that wasn't something that, like, if he got a job, 
you know, doing something, you know, within the science, he knew yeah. she she wouldn't be comfortable. Like, she would never be satisfied or she wouldn't even attempt it. So he kind of was decided without even really talking to her, like, oh, I already know this isn't going to work out. So I'm not even going to put that much effort and trying to make it work kind of thing. That was the first first time. And then the second time he came back, he actually came back because they were opening up like a facility, like a science facility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to be a part of it and it would make him closer to home and it would make him closer to her. And then when he went to go visit her again, that's when he saw her with Chase. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that was so irritating. I know. I it was, was just so like, mad. he should have just stepped in there like, nah, that's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> he should have tried harder. Yeah. Tate's 
at one point. It was, because he gave it to her. Yeah, he gave it to her, and then, um, when, during the investigation, you know, they, for evidence, they checked, like, his clothing for prints or whatever, or other, like, you know, materials, and that's how they found those red threads, and then they were able to get a warrant to search her home, and then through searching, they found that red hat, and then come to find out, it was the same, like, thread or material which is ridiculous Mm -hmm. um but they they were kind of like just like picking at little things Mm -hmm. to kind of connect her it was more like they were finding things to connect her rather than trying to find whoever the murderer was if it even was a murder Mm -hmm. um anything that like that would they already suspected her so anything that they could find to be like oh but she did this because these red threads or she like any and they weren't really looking for other people they kind of already had the person that they wanted and now it was just finding the evidence to back the back up that claim so right so they were kind of just like looking for her constantly trying to kind of catch her so they could bring her in for questioning mm-hmm. and one day they finally did catch up to her mm-hmm. they found her um she was on her boat the sheriff was on his, and they finally caught up to her and brought her in for questioning. Mm-hmm. They arrested her. Um, and there was just, like, a lot of, like, weird things that were happening. They It was almost like they were just making up a bunch of stories just to catch her yeah. in a lie. Because mm-hmm. right? she had an alibi. Like. Yeah, because she had an alibi. The day of his murder, she was out of, ta- out of town, uh-huh. which was the first time she's ever officially left. But she was leaving to meet her publisher, um, to finally meet her publisher because they've only been communicating through letters. Um, We forget, this was like in the 60s and 70s. So there was no like telephone, you know, calling or emailing. So a lot of the dialogue between her and her publisher were through letters. So he he was like, you know, I'm going to be close to your town. You should definitely come through. Uh, we'll provide hotel for you. We'll have, you know, someone pick you up from the bus stop, whatever. So she finally decides to go and she had like a legit alibi to go. And people are are making these claims like, oh, there was a man on the bus that, you know, had, you know, was as tall as her and, like, just making up all these claims about seeing that her. That was so ridiculous to me. I yes. Mean, so, like, what that she just, were they talking about? Like, okay, so they were like, oh, yeah, we saw her get on the bus to leave. And then these other people in town and the bus driver was like, well, there was a man that looked like he was a woman in disguise. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. How would she make it in time to murder him? Um, Then they were saying these uh, fishermen said that they saw her on the boat leaving the the tower. 
but it was like 50 feet away so it was only a silhouette of a person and they're like oh we know the shape of her boat and you know from a distance and i'm like how do you know the shape of a boat or you know someone so how can you really know someone so far away was that person that could have been anyone with a similar shape boat you know right and there was like this this scene where like chase actually she was she went into town kaya went into town and chase followed her to like the edge of like where her boat was Mm -hmm. and he actually tried to rape her yeah that time Mm -hmm. he was Mm having sex with her in this little like forest area and these two boaters tried to use that against her yeah, they said they saw her, like, saying, oh, I'll kill you. But they, no one asked her, why would you say that? Mm-hmm. What was happening before? Why would you say that you would kill him? Like, in the middle of the trial, mm-hmm. they weren't even saying why. They didn't ask her why. They didn't mm-hmm. try to figure out why she would yell that. All they heard was, I'll kill you, and she mm-hmm. got on her boat. Like, mm-hmm. this little itty-bitty girl mm-hmm. against this huge football player star, and then... Yeah, they wouldn't even ask her why. Mm-hmm. I was That's, so was mad. So that was that ridiculous. made me so mad because you know here she is. She almost gets assaulted. She defends herself, mind you. Prior to her, she beats him up essentially. Um, <laughs> um, the, the two guys on the boat heard her yelling like "Leave me alone! Leave me alone!" or or they heard bickering. And they were just, like, kind of ignoring it. And then they slowly started to show up to the shore to see what exactly was going on. And that was after, like, she was able to, like, kick him in the balls or something and knock him down. So then she starts kicking him and saying, you know, I'll kill you. Leave me alone. But she was screaming prior to that. And then she was trying to lift up her pants and stuff as she's, like, yelling at him. So, obviously, you know he was trying to assault her. And they didn't even go to help her. And she saw them. Nothing else mattered to them. Only what she said. Yep. But because she's the Marsh girl, they were just like, oh, whatever. We're not even going to pay attention to it. But, oh, now that he... you know, Chase showed up dead. Oh, she did it because she said she was going to kill him anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Insane. It was just a lot of ridiculous mm-hmm. nonsense. Um, so, yeah, and then, like, throughout the trial, they started to figure out that the sheriff was kind of just making things along as mm-hmm. he went after he started being questioned or mm-hmm. whatever. Everything was hypothetical to him. Right. Everything, everything was hypothetical. Was hypothetical mm-hmm. Right. There was no facts. Um, there was no like, no. okay, she, you know, there's evidence saying that she was there. There was evidence that said, you know, she had her fingerprints on the ladder of the, you know, watchtower or whatever, or there was anything in her finger. Like there was no like, what is it? Conclusive, like, evidence to pinpoint right. her. It was all hypothetical. And what was so great about her lawyer was, like, we can't just base things on, assu- you know, assumption or what ifs. Like, you have to, it has to be, like, you know, without reasonable doubt, like, she killed him. And she was scared going to court because the jurors were people of her town 
who essentially Which was another freaking wild, crazy, ridiculous. But I mean, this was based back in the day, yeah, mm-hmm. the nineteen sixties. So mm-hmm. I get it. But really, yeah, these were like her. Yeah, these are people who never liked her in town. So she already felt like she was already going to go to jail because she was like, who's right. going to believe me? You know, these people never liked me. And so, you know, while in court, she was just like miserable. And I just felt so mm-hmm. bad. And I'm thinking even for her, I'm like, yeah, they're going to say you guilty, girl. Like, yeah. you don't have anyone. I thought they would have. Yeah. yeah, I was like, there, there's no one there to like really protect her or you know her her lawyer was amazing the way he was you know he was like you have to be sure there has to be evidence that backs it up and he's like there is no evidence here you know he just kept saying that and yeah and eventually Mm -hmm. he was found not guilty which was a surprise i was just like oh my god I didn't see that coming out. I thought she was going to be guilty, and then that was it. And then, yep. And then during this time was during the death penalty. So not only was she, and not only was she, you know, in jail, but they were pushing for the death penalty if she was found guilty. Like so, imagine so much. That they had, they wanted to just pin this death on her, Mm -hmm. and. Have the death penalty on mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. Like I don't understand why they hated her so so much. Mm-hmm. Mind you, if like they so even mad. even learned a little bit about her, they would have. If someone which, was there to take care of her, you know. That brings us to Tate's dad, which mm-hmm. I like almost cried oh with his scene. Like in when she was being tried for murder, he basically. I think it was in his point of view, he felt really bad for her. He was starting to realize, okay, she had the same ambitions as my son did. Mm -hmm. She was just as different as my son was. Mm -hmm. So why didn't I see it back in the day? Why am I only doing this now? And that broke my heart Mm -hmm. so much. I was like, oh. Yeah, because I think it was either his scene or someone else's scene where... They were like, no one from the church reached out to help her. No one from town tried to reach out, you know, to help her. You know, everyone saw that she was, you know, running through the town with no shoes or clothes that didn't fit her. And not one person stepped in to be like, let's help her, you know. Like, everyone just gave up. And it I I think it might have been Tate's dad that essentially, you know, was thinking that or saying that. And I, I just... Even, like, Tate, when his dad showed up to court to, like, be Mm -hmm. with him and support him. And it says, like, you know, Tate got, like, emotional about it. You know? I was just like, oh, my God. I know. That's it. That broke my heart. Mm -hmm. But I was so happy that they finally had someone else. Like, there was somebody else that Mm -hmm. saw good in her. Right. Because she was. She Mm -hmm. was a good person. Um. And we also didn't even mention Jody. Jody came back. Yep, Jody came back and he like apologized <laughs> yeah. for leaving her and he was able to tell her what really happened to their mom, which yeah. was which was sad and crazy. Um like her mom wound up because she left her kids wound up going crazy because of it, you know? Like she was put in like a home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's and terrible. 
So. Oh, no, but. The ending. <sighs> so, you know how, so it ends with her being found. Oh, I got like a moth in my room. Um, <laughs> it ends with, you know, her being found not guilty. So yeah. then her and Tate finally, you know, um, get together. Get together. I think they get married. They do, yeah. But they can they can't have children. Right. They try to have children and they can't. And then how does he find the letters? Um, I don't exactly remember how he found them, but I mean he there was one day that she went out on a boat. Mm-hmm. Right? And then and she didn't come back. Right. Mm-hmm. So he went to go find her, and he found her, mm-hmm. and she was dead yes. on the boat. Like, so she basically, her heart just stopped. Mm-hmm. So I actually cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not I, a lot of books make me cry. <laughs> I actually cried. Especially because it says, like, he held her, and he was just, like, yeah. telling her to wake up. I was like... Like, really? That's it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But they they lived a, they were able to live a good you know long I mean, life like she was but she still I feel like she still passed away fairly young was she I like, feel like in her in their sixties I think right? it's in their sixties or something yeah. which is pretty young but mm-hmm. back in the day that I was mean, old was, yeah probably you know so um oh yeah I don't, he was I trying really to don't remember I think he was trying to gather like. Her family information. Um, oh, her will. He was for her will. will, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. he found, like, this, like, um, the floor came up somewhere. And mm-hmm. it wasn't letters. It was poems. Yeah. Because she wound up, um, because of him, she wound up um, really taking a liking to, like, poems and things like that. And he found out that she was one of the poets that she really, like, she talked about at some point and he knew of, and she was actually yeah. the poet. Yeah. And he, he said that he didn't really understand the work. He didn't really like it mm-hmm. all that much. And he would talk to her about it, mm-hmm. but not realizing that she was the one who wrote those poems. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk? Kind of cute. Do you want to talk about that last poem he read? No. <laughs> so yeah. So, so my mind was blown. My my mind was blown. Okay. Probably, we probably should have like read it. Well, I guess whoever's gonna read it or see the book or the movie is gonna know. So eventually, when he's done reading this this poem. He realizes that she actually did kill Chase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she did. Which is great. Which like, is... I was so shocked. So I'm th- so I'm like, wait. So was she these? Pe- were she? The- was this person that was disguised as a man was disguised as an old woman? Like, yeah. did she really do these things? Mm-hmm. But I guess there was foreshadowing throughout the whole book on it. Because the poem is about how, about fireflies and how the women, you know, the female, the female fireflies, I'm sorry if we're spoiling this for people. Oh my God, we didn't even say spoiler alert, but. Uh, 
So this is a very old book. Okay. So this is a classic. Okay. I'm sorry if we're spoiling it, but... Yeah, so, like, the book kind of foreshadows it because I guess fireflies, like, female fireflies, they attract male fireflies and then kill them or something like that and then mate with other fireflies. I don't know. It was something like that. So the poem was about how she lured him and essentially you know kills him and i was like kaya like what (laughs) like i was so it kind of remind me of the the myth suspenseful mystery that we reviewed by mary kubica oh kubica Mm -hmm. yeah 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 just like the ending you know just like not expecting that kind of ending like that plot right. twist at the end i was i was not expecting that i, I was not it was perfect this book was so perfect i literally had my my um kendall open and my jaw hit the ground i was just like wait what i had to like reread that part Me a couple too. times i reread the whole And we know for sure she killed him because we didn't mention this part. When they were first, like, dating, um, Kaya had made him this shell necklace that he would always wear. And when he died, his mom had mentioned, like, that necklace was missing. And that was something he wore every day. Like, he did not go anywhere without this shell necklace. And when Tate found you know, the poems. He also found the necklace. I was, I was just, like, blown away. It was the best ending. Like, it was. The twists and turns, the emotions, like, everything about this book was really, really great. It was amazing. And it was, what, a, what a good husband for getting rid of the evidence. Yes. Yes. Right? If I murder somebody, you better get rid of the evidence. I don't care if it's after I'm dead. Like, technically, she can't be trapped, you know. Um, she couldn't have been tried again anyway. Anyway, yeah. Um, but he got rid of the evidence. Yep. Even though, she was, even though she was already gone. Like, she was dead. Like, right. there was nothing that was going to happen to it, you know, happen mm-hmm. to her. Basically, people would just find out, oh, she really did do it. But to keep her innocence, like, even through death, like, even though she wasn't innocent, but, like, making people believe her innocence, like, because I feel like it would have tainted her work, you know? Yeah, because didn't, like, also her brother had kids, too, and Mm -hmm. they were always going there to visit, so, like, Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have wanted to taint her name Mm -hmm. as well, so... No, it that, was so good. It was so I enjoyed good. it. I'm like, I'm desperately looking for some kind of special edition for it because I absolutely loved, loved, loved that it. That was, it, it was so good. And I know, like, it, it was funny because when we first started reading it, you were saying how in love, of, you know, in love with the book you were. And I was on the fence. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I don't know. It's, it's not my thing. But the more I got into it, I was like, oh, no, this is really good. And then, yeah. you know, it just, it started, like, it, I don't know. She, it was just great. It was a really good book. Like, it really was. the more Everyone you read it, the farther you got into the book, the more crazy it got. 
-hmm. you know, and then that ending, like, it all just came together so well. It was, like, genius. It was. Because, honestly, you know, as you're reading the trial and the evidence, you're like, there's no possible way she could have done this. And then at the end, you find out she did. I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Because she fooled everybody. They were grasping at straws. Mm -hmm. Like, they were literally making shit up along the way Mm -hmm. and making the evidence all hypothetical. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, you're going to be like, there's no way she's guilty. Like, she didn't do this. Like, this poor innocent girl, Uh she didn't do it. That bitch was not innocent. No, she was not. She was not. It was, oh, my God, it was so good. But I wanted to talk to you about the trailer. Have you seen the trailer to it? What did you think? I did. So I liked it. I it didn't like if I didn't read the book and mm-hmm. I saw the trailer, I would have no interest in watching the movie. Mm-hmm. But because I read the book, I feel like it. I I'm gonna watch the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the trailer was fine, mm-hmm. but so I didn't love it. I didn't love the trailer either, and this is why. Okay. When I think of Kaya and the March, I think of. Like, dirty, gringy, and I feel like they're making it pretty. Yeah, and I can I, see that. And that's what's bothering me. Like, when you think of Kaya, I think of, like, this skinny, you know, can't fit into her clothes, kind of grungy, dirty nails, kind of, you know, you know, little girl to woman. And yeah. it's like, I feel like, obviously, you know, you have to appeal to the masses or whatever, but I feel like you can still do it, but but, but still keep it within the context of the book. And I feel like they're losing that to make it kind of look pretty. And yeah. that's that's where I'm like, oh, I need her to be grungy yeah. and dirty. And yeah, like, there were like a couple scenes where she was like, she had a nice little dress on, her mm-hmm. hair was done and her mm-hmm. makeup was done. And there was nowhere in the book where she ever did her makeup. Mm-hmm. She like, only was, had she lipstick. Wore, she Yeah, she wore dresses, but mm-hmm. that was later in life when the church started to give her dresses mm-hmm. from, like, Jumpins, mm-hmm. um, him and his wife yep. would mm-hmm. give her clothes from mm-hmm. the church. But it was never, like, through the whole book. It no, even, a couple of scenes. even when it was, like, that school scene where she's, like, barefoot, I feel like her feet weren't dirty enough either. <laughs> Expectations. We were talking about it. Just set it a little bit yeah. lower, because you know most lower. of the it's it's very few book to movies or series where it's better than the book. You know, you you don't get a lot of those. Those, right? You know, not everything is like that. But um, I'm definitely still gonna see the movie. Like I'm definitely gonna see, see it. it. Like I can't wait to see what, how they do it, especially the ending. 
they better not change the ending because I can't wait for they that part. changing any of it. Mm-mm. And I feel like it's not that hard to follow this particular book to follow yeah. it accurately. You know, like some some books are just really hard to portray in a movie or in a series. Yeah. I feel like this book isn't that type of book where it should be that hard to do it. Mm-hmm. But the only yeah. hard part would just be finding the characters to portray, you know, like actors for for the characters. But that's about it. But the storyline... I, like, I think they're going to make a lot of her younger years just memories. Like, I mm-hmm. think it's going to start off with her older. Mm-hmm. And then everything from her being young is just going to be a bunch of memories that she's thinking about. That's not a bad, bad way of doing it. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad way of doing it. I would hope it would be someone like that. Like, I don't want it to be, like, from when she's young and then to older. That would yeah. make sense for it to be, like essentially she's in jail and then all these memories like that makes sense yeah i think that's how it's gonna be i think that would be the only way that it would make it like an exciting movie and Mm -hmm. appeal to people who haven't read the book right i guess Mm -hmm. but i'm excited to see it i'm I'm gonna see it regardless but i don't know i just needed her to be dirtier (laughs) if she's gonna be the if she's gonna be the marsh girl she has to be the marsh girl that's all i gotta say and I don't know, um, I didn't see who Tate was. I didn't, because I had, obviously, my image of Tate. You know, the curly hair kind of guy, but, um. So, he, I don't think he had curly hair in the trailer. Just no? so you know. Okay. I'm pretty um, sure he didn't. He had dark hair. He, I don't think he had Right? Because didn't he have, like, curly blonde hair that he would hide under his hat or whatever she would say? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I think they made him a pretty boy. You see? No, I don't need that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Now that I think about it, because there's a scene where they're actually fighting. Mm. But he doesn't fight Which, anyone. I know. There's a scene in the trailer that they're fighting. I saw that. Chase. I saw that. And, mm. I, and I know it's Chase because he says something like, I think you're beautiful or something like that. And there's other people in the room. So mm. I'm pretty sure that was Chase. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think they just added a little... Tension between the two, which a never little bit happens, more so spice to, so that you know other people will watch it. Yeah. <sighs> well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We might actually love it. For all we know, you know. Sometimes when you make subtle changes within a movie, it, um, it's good. So we'll see. But yeah, we actually really love this book. We can't wait to see it as a movie. Um, mm-hmm. it's uh. Where the crawdad scene by, we said, is it Delia? Delia? I think it's Delia Owens. Delia Owens. And that's coming yeah. out later this year, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the previous book um, was Along for the Ride. That's coming out on Netflix. That's by Sarah yeah. Destin. And I read somewhere where um, Netflix picked up a couple of her books. So I'm interested to see. I don't know how accurate that information is because yeah. I'm hoping that they do just listen as a, a movie because I that's one of my favorite, favorite books. She has another uh, book to movie. Um, what was it? How to Deal with Mandy Moore. That was a flop. Um, but that was one of her... That was one of her books as well. 
Um, I think they actually put two books together to make that one movie or something like that. I don't know. Um, but that was like a huge, huge flop. I remember when Mandy Moore did that movie, everyone said it was like terrible or whatever. But that was a Sarah Dustin book, actually. Huh. Um, so she hasn't made another, you know, book to movie, you know, adaptation in a long time. Yeah. That was like years ago. So I'm interested to see what Netflix does. Hopefully it's better than that. Um, and it won't be a flop. But if they are doing other books of her, Just Listen is a good one. Lock and Key is a good one. Like I said, I read all her books. So I would love to see all of them <laughs> as a movie. But Just Listen is one of my favorites. So hopefully if I, what I read was accurate and they're doing a couple of her books, that would be amazing. Wait, did you say Lock and Key? I believe it's called Lock and Key. Is that what's on Netflix now? No, that's a, like, um, what do you call it? Um, Supernatural one. Oh, but okay. She Never has, mind. hold on. Is, I know it's, is it like Lock? Yeah, Lock and Key. Sarah Dessen. Mm-hmm. She also has a, a book called call that um oh is it based off of the show that's on netflix no oh i was no because especially that show no that one is a supernatural show this is all her books are ya like coming of age books no no supernatural so I guess she would have to say, well, then I'm going to have to read it because I know that means she would have to change the name of it because like you said, there is a series on Netflix called Lock and Key, but no, she has a book called that too. She has, like I said, she has, she has a couple and they're, they're really good. She's all right. All right. Mm hmm. But yes, that is the end of this episode. Again, we apologize for our audio, but you know, we want to take our precautions with COVID. Um, you know, things happen, but we didn't want to leave another week without actually recording anything with you guys. Um, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and all our previous episodes. Um, if you are listening to us for the very first time, this is actually episode eight. So there's seven other episodes you can listen to us just rant and rave about random books and wines and just go crazy. Um, last week we actually did a special episode with our husbands, which was kind of fun. So if you haven't checked that out, please do, um, comment below, um, our Instagram posts. Um, what are some books to movies that you loved, what you didn't love? Are you excited about where the crawdads sing? Because I know that's a very popular one that's coming out soon that, We've been seeing everywhere where everyone's so excited about it. So tell us your thoughts. What did you think about the trailer? Um, and yeah, that's that's it for us. But again, another episode done. Um, we'll be posting hopefully every week on Sundays like we usually do and keeping this momentum. Um, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.